Hello everyone and welcome to Agulhas Current Affairs, the marine science podcast set in Southern Africa. With me is one of your hosts, Dr. Yanis Kisten of Kikoscopy Media, alongside Dr. Nelson Miranda of Argonaut Science. And today we are getting sassy. <laughs> Indeed, very sassy. We're getting very sassy today. Well, you know, we, we're talking about some interesting things that... Um, that have to do with the uh, fish, which, which is more your side of the you know equation, I, I would I think. But but it affects us all, isn't it? I mean, just because you, yeah. you happen to, to be observing fish very intently, that doesn't mean we, we the rest of us are not interested in fish at all. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Isn't it? A lot of people eat fish. Yeah, it's, A lot it's of people a eat fish. Very, in, very big part of food security in South Africa, very big part. Um, of the economy, the ocean's economy, the blue blue economy. Um, you can't you can't really not talk about South Africa and in in a global sense and economic sense and not mention our fisheries. Absolutely, um, and I mean yeah. we are also the Agulhas current uh, affairs, and uh, mm. that current you know has a big influence mm. on uh, the positioning and uh, the ecology of the stocks, and it's the background environment that makes it possible for us all to have uh, you know these this amazing resources, this source of life. Yeah, for sure. But uh, ever since we started like collecting. The, these resources. I think at some point we realized that it's it's not infinite. It's not like the sun, which technically isn't infinite, but clo- the closest thing we probably get to to an infinite resource of something. But uh, yeah, harvesting, taking things from the ocean or f- from the land, for that matter, there's a po- point where you can do too much. In which yeah. case, you over harvest as we call it and you collapse the stock or whatever resource that you're taking for your own need um, so the idea of managing these fisheries comes into play and then doing it in a sustainable manner so that we always can count on this resource total perpetuity and also try and conserve the, the entire ecosystem that goes along with it as well yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, we, we've gotten very clever historically. We used to just, you know, get resources out of the ocean by our own, like, power, physical, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Just manpower, like one manpower. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, and, I mean, there's culturally, we, we know that human beings have uh, been connected to the ocean, have, have harvested from the ocean for as long as I think human beings existed. And, but it's been only recently that we've been able to use technology to uh, not only have machines to help us, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, collect a lot more of these resources, but also the technology to locate and be able to be very effective at just pinpointing where exactly the resources are so we can get there. And, uh, and that can be a bit too much, can it be a bit too quick. Uh, too quick uh, for the uh, for the fish to basically um, it doesn't give them a, a chance to really mm. recover, you know, if we take too much too soon. You, you were telling me nothing about the choices that people have to make, like along yeah. the chain. Absolutely, because it is we have to understand it all comes down to people, really, and the choices that we make. We have a huge influence. Um, 
And I think this is what we're talking about today. It's about choices and influencing choices. And, and when it comes to the marine um, environment and the, the, the fish that come from the environment and eventually end up in front of you on your plate, you know, uh, then, you know, there are a lot of people actually involved in that chain, you know. Uh, and a lot of those people, everyone has to make a, a number of choices and those choices are going to influence whether the fish that you end up eating as a consumer uh, is a fish, you know, that is part of, you know, a chain of choices that is leading towards unsustainable and destructive sort of uh, practices or on the contrary, it's something that, you know, you're on the side that is working towards making sure that you are not taking too much and you'll always have fish the next day and the next day and the next day. Okay, so people are making choices about what they consume, what they harvest, and it's kind of different people along the chain that, that decide. But how does anyone who's just at the grocery store trying to pick out food like actually decide like what to do? without being paralyzed. Yeah, I mean, there's so many choices already on display, isn't it? Um, so when it comes to fish um, that is packaged, right, um, then you have to have a look at the package. And on that package, there will be information, not just, you know, what it is that you're buying, but there will also be information about where it comes from. And this is where the eco labels come in to help uh, you know, you make a choice. Hopefully that will be the best choice, right? Because you'll look for a certain type of label and the labels are designed to be catchy, you know, so that you can instantly recognize it. It's like a little brand, you know, um, and they will be present somewhere on the box as well as, of course, you know, the contents and uh, technical information that should always be uh, there about, you know, how much energy, what are the contents exactly of the interesting yeah, stuff yeah, most people don't sure. read most people don't read that <laughs> yeah. but uh, that yeah. label it's should like, be it's like conspicuous. ingredients yeah. yes yeah. exactly ingredients. it's like a breakdown how much energy is that fish you know uh, <laughs> you know a lot of people just don't read that but nearby that uh, or even in the in the right on the package there will be a tiny little label or a fairly conspicuous label and uh, yeah. this is what we're talking yeah. about today yeah so usually or you or it is possible if you get to Two major labels. One is uh, kind of an international label, and the other is a more local yeah. label. In in South so, Africa, yeah, in South yeah, Africa yeah, we South have um, we ha you know we have either or even both. You know, it's possible. Mm. Um, MSC, right? Mm. So, what does MSC stand for? Because you know, um, <laughs> yeah, when you yeah, think yeah. about the ocean and MSC. <laughs> You think of various things. Yeah, know, yeah. Right? We would we were laughing about it earlier because you know yeah. what, what could MSC stand for? Let's see. So, uh, Master of Science, uh, an MSC is something <laughs> that. <Yeah. laughs> um, well, first, first I thought it was uh, the shipping company, yes. the Mediterranean shipping company. 
Yes, like, that's right. Why do you want to talk about them right why now? Why would we put... <laughs> yeah, that's a different <laughs> business, right? Even though yeah, it has something yeah. to do with the sea, of course. Yeah. No, no. This is uh, the Marine Stewardship Council, MSC, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, that's an eco-label as, as well as something that, go, that goes beyond just the eco-label. And it's one of the oldest eco-labels that we actually have yeah. in existence. Um, but yeah. today we're going to focus on sassy because we said we were going to get sassy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, S-A-S-S-I. Yeah. 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 I so guess that's, that's why. For... Yeah, yeah. What do you, what do you guess? So, so WWF Sassy is obviously an initiative by the, the World Wildlife Foundation and it's all about sustainability and the harvesting uh, of natural resources to sustain sustainably. Um, so it stands for the South African Sustainable Seafood Initiative. That's what SASE means, headed up by the, the WWF. And the main idea is that it is a label that you put um, on fish, uh, seafood products, fish products. And there's also like a handbook that gives you a guideline as to, okay, this species is currently either being well sustainably harvest not that well or like really terribly and you should not be yeah. buying this right so yeah. there is a traffic light system like it's Africa at the roads generally people yeah. will stop at a red light uh, yeah. they, they'd be cautious at, a, at, an, at an orange amber light or they're free to go at a, at yeah, a green at light, green light. It's, it's similar it's similar for sassy and uh, my apologies to those who are colorblind. You know, there is also a shading. The shading is different. Um, but, you know, and also we call it robots as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. Need more. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. it's but so also traffic because... Traffic light or robot. You know, or robot, you know. Who you are, because, yeah. because you could be at a restaurant, you know. Not everything actually comes in a package. And it's, it's also an awareness. It's all about awareness. Uh, what kinds of fish... Um, are uh, sustainable to consume, you know. So if you're in a restaurant and you just, you know, you get a plate in front of you, you could actually use a pocket guide or the app, because there's an app for everything, as, as they say. Yeah. Um, and uh, you can actually check, and you can actually get information, background information about the different species that we tend to like to eat in South Africa. Yeah, hundred percent. So if you are out to intending out to go out and eat seafood it's probably a good idea to either carry the the pocketbook and or if you're more tech savvy you have the the app available to you so when you're looking at the menu you can make more informed decisions about what to eat sustainability because it it helped like you might think that it um like your choice in that moment is not going to have a big impact but there's a lot of people who are kind of like thinking the same way um and at the end of the day it's always like a, a supply and demand problem right if there's more demand for this certain species it's going to incentivize the companies to create more supply which means they go out and fish more which means they deplete the stocks more which makes it more or less sustainable yeah. Right, so you as a consumer can make a choice on a consumer level as to, as to what to eat so you can um, decide how you incentivize these companies to, to collect resources. So generally yeah. you want to hit the green species. Absolutely. And I mean, 
going green, you know, that's why people say going green. And the, 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 the consumer's choice is the important choice, isn't it? It's the last choice mm. on, along that chain, mm. which, is, which means there's a power there, you know? Um, so to have information behind that choice, it's just a smart thing to do. It's, it's the smart thing to do for the, for the individual person that is enjoying the, you know, <laughs> the meal, but also the smart thing to do for every, everyone along the chain yeah. and the smart thing to do for uh, the, the fish itself, you know, the, <laughs> the source and even the environments, because that chain uh, in, in the way we understand and measure and monitor the, the, the chain involves so many steps, you know, uh, and it, it could start in very surprising places, you know, the fish that arrives in front of you in, uh, in a supermarket could have already gone all the way around the world as it is caught and then, you know, uh, captured and, and processed and packaged and shipped and, you know, there's a lot of people in the live industries that make it possible for us to have uh, delicious meals. And we just want to make sure that uh, this is not at a, uh, you know, an extreme cost to the environment because we already are in a position where we need to take, you know, sustainable actions. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's the only, it's, it's the only smart thing to do. For sure, 100%. I remember when I first started like studying like marine biology undergrad, like honors, I used to carry like the, the sassy thing around in my wallet. In the wallet, yeah. Um, yeah, and at one point I realized like the simplest thing to do is just not order fish so I have to like bulk up my, my, my wallet. So I, I stopped actually going to like fishy restaurants. That's more of a personal choice. I'm not like recommending yeah. you do that. But it makes it kind of less of, of a friction as to what you're ordering like if you just just don't order fish then you don't have to look at it so like i went through recently because i do like go to the grocery store and buy fish um but not like it's usually like either like tuna and, and sardines um so i had a look recently at what uh what the, the guidelines are like now like recently on the app and I was actually surprised to see that like sardines or pilchards are like orange or amber. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, geez, I've been buying like sardines this whole time. Didn't realize yeah. that uh, they were amber. Um, and also, which is also kind of weird in terms of the way the, the, the stock is managed in South Africa, because the stock of sardines is managed together with anchovy, uh, but the anchovy is green. Yeah, uh, the sardines is orange, uh, which I thought was very interesting. So I'm gonna have to like rethink my my grocery cart now going forward. Yeah, um, and what I also saw that surprised me was that tuna, or specifically albacore tuna, is green. So it's actually sus being sustainably harvested. And yeah. I always had the idea that it wasn't. Um, so it was very surprising for me and like also like as, as a fish scientist like oh i had these preconceived notions i don't remember where i first heard them from but obviously it was a long time ago yeah uh, but now there's like updated information uh, yeah which, and it's so important yeah. to to keep up to date yeah. because things can change and there's so many factors and it could mm. be that we miscalculated our stock assessments our predictive models like so we we calculate based on mm. what we caught if that's not measured properly then we have no idea how to calculate things properly even though we have some information of how uh, you know the fish reproduce and when you know their seasons as well that we have to take into account um mm. 
you know, like things can change. And if we make a mistake, then, you know, then the way we work in South Africa is with what's called total allowable, allowable catch. TAC mm. and that's mm. based on a few calculations so that and and people need to actually make those calculations and they need to be done properly for us to have a really good idea uh, what's going on um, and uh, mm. that's a difficult thing you know it's not a straightforward job um, but also <laughs> but also uh, you probably even as a fish scientist um, you'd probably be surprised that to hear that there are certain fisheries uh, with certain fish that can actually be sustainable you know like fish like sharks yeah. for example right and so yeah. so shark yeah. fisheries right normally we and in south africa we we also have a traffic light system for sharks and we uh, it, we we are on the road map to protecting uh, sharks uh, of course but elsewhere in the world, there are fisheries based on certain types of sharks, and those fisheries are sustainable by all accounts, by all measurable accounts. And this mm. is usually something that can be very surprising to hear. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. It's it's me right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, absolutely, uh, and yeah. and it surprised me when uh, I used to work for a company that you know sort of <laughs> monitored this sort of thing. But yeah. it's it's yeah. it's interesting to hear that because that means there's something we can do. You know, there's a yeah. big chain. There's yeah. a, there's a lot of choice and there's a lot of things, and we have tools, and they may not it's be not... perfect, and they certainly need to be checked constantly because you know the world can change very yeah, quickly yeah. and the world is changing but yes we can there is possible it is possible to have yeah. you know management in continuously improving management indeed and it's not like totally hopeless and like you can you can see it in the guide because there are fish with multiple colors like some fish have all three colors but it's based on where the sourcing is from like if you look at abalone or paralamun like if you're getting it from recirculating like aquaculture systems where they farm the 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 snails that's totally fine because that's sustainable at least more sustainable than the poachers going out and like catching illegal amounts of 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 paralamun and selling that in in restaurants on the black market or whatever so well, that's certainly what the eco label is going to um, promote. It's going to promote agriculture facilities over um, perlumun that's harvested through the so-called poaching. And I mean, this is like a, it's a big issue. I mean, we won't go into poaching now, but poaching is not just a, a good or bad. Even though we have a traffic light system, you know, and it's very useful. <laughs> yeah. um, we also need to understand that there are very there's a lot of underlying complexities. But certainly we also need to understand that these eco-labels will affect the way we make choices. And certainly the intent of these choices is to make the right choices for the environment and for people. And uh, that can that can be complicated. And there's a lot of politics that goes into that. But we won't go, obviously, into that. We just yeah. really want to understand, you know, a little bit about eco-labeling. And also what, you know... What you, you could actually develop an eco-label at different scales, right? So we talked a little bit about mm. larger scales and even the world. Yeah? But uh, you can also develop eco-labels for small-scale uh, fisheries, you know, and, and throughout developing countries, mostly around Africa. This is something that we can actually do for ourselves. And it has, you know, sort of been done here and there. And it's, it ends up being something similar to the, the principles behind, uh, you know, the SASE uh, approach. 
um, where you, you have a community of fishers that come together and they, you know, they compare their assessment of how many fish they've been catching over the period and their knowledge. And this is like indigenous knowledge. And they can then actually uh, say, no, I think for the next uh, season, you know, because it needs to be reviewed, we need to uh, favor these species that it looks like their stock is, is doing better. And this is like, can be informed and, and helped by um, scientists and organizations, governmental, NGOs, you know, it can be like a collaborative sort of uh, approach. And it's very interesting. You know, and at the end of the day, if you are visiting an African uh, developing country and you're a tourist, you could actually be informed by the locals uh, with like some sort of system and some sort of label that is similar to SASI uh, or even SASI itself, of course. Um, and you can be informed whether you are part of, you know, making a choice that's most likely part of, you know, a string of choices that are sustainable and in line with, you know, community yeah, community interests well. for sure 100%. and so the the i guess the, the lesson of the day is sustainability good and we, we <laughs> green kind of explained <laughs> yeah green green means go sustainability good 100 um, yeah i'm pretty sure we've and covered all the important bits yeah, I, I think we also need to say something. We need to say we need to have fun with this too, you know. Uh, that's this, that, that's this what I was getting to. We've covered the yeah. important stuff. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about SASE, WF SASE as a marketing slash science communication slash conservation slash sustainability initiative yeah. and the types of things that they do. The, the yeah. booklet and the app are only two parts and then there's more. So what else? Is there awesome? So I thought it was really fun that uh, they come up with a card game. Games, basically. Games are fun, you know. Just, yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's even an online game. And uh, I think more. Yeah. we need more development in that front. Don't you agree? I mean, yeah. those games are I, I great. Think, but, you know, that's just the beginning. That's the tip of the iceberg. I think these days we, we learn things by having fun. And, and there's this idea that you can gamify, you know, sort of yeah. information yeah. and even learn about your cultural issues and all sorts of things through games, you know, storytelling really is at the heart of these games. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so, but they, I mean, they've made the start, they've got a card game um, and they've got yeah. uh, an online game that if you have access to online, you can actually play it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And it's a... Uh... It's kind of like that that shark eating game where like the shark goes around and like eats fish, and then yeah. it gets bigger. But this one is like a submarine, and you're going around and collecting fish information, and you gotta avoid like the anchors and yeah. like, you don't want to disturb the dolphins. And the ghost nets. Ooh. And the ghost <laughs> nets. Yeah, you don't want to touch. You don't, you don't want to damage your submarine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the thing is, it is trying to to teach you stuff. Um, like part of it is that it's not that relatable because like who has like submarines that they go around like doing <laughs> stuff in the other is that there are other games like that that are probably more fun to play that the general populace would probably go from just a gameplay perspective we want to go play those games instead of this I get like budgeting was probably a problem and time and probably different people had different outcomes that they wanted yeah. um, for for this thing. 
but for me, who's both a marine science and cons- conservation advocate, and also like a lifelong gamer, like having it being it, it being fun is the number one thing when it comes yeah, to absolutely. a game. And like the the knowledge is more of like a secondhand, like side effect mm. thing, um, which I didn't really pick up on. But also it probably will improve like like the first iteration of most things most things are usually not that not that great yeah that's the um, sense that i get as well that it's the first iteration and i think with more engagement right uh, it, and yeah. we can actually build this up to be you know something really cool and educational at the same time but uh, it does take some boxes. I mean, it's a game that you can run off your internet, you know, um, tab. Yeah. And uh, good, it's yeah. easy to understand, you know, it's easy to play that the controls are not, you know. So there's a lot of technical side uh, of things that, mm. that were done so that most people can play this game, which is a good thing, you know. Um, yeah. And commu- because communication is a good thing. Communication is important. So even their apps, they come in different languages, which is super important. Not just in English, but in other languages that are official languages in South Africa. That's a step in the right direction, I think, as well. And then um, something, talking about communication, they are, you know, Sassy are on social media, they are on YouTube. So, um, and I think, you know, it's... There's a number of videos there that are interesting, but there's one in particular which I think is really underrated, which is at the core of what we were talking about today, the, the chain, uh, you know, and the choices along the chain that I made, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, uh, and, you know, it leads to our understanding of how an eco-label may affect, you know, and inform. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the chain. percent. I would think it's like criminally underrated. It's only got it like four hundred and eighteen views. It's got and currently four hundred and eighteen. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's called yeah. traceability in the seafood supply chain, right? So shall we shall we pop a link in our description? Yeah. So that I think know. so. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll yeah. put it down there. We'll, we'll have a look, but it's definitely go, go have a look at um, just WWSS's channel because they do explain a lot of this stuff in bite sized, very well produced videos. Um, don't know why they didn't get a lot of views, uh, probably because the marketing was, was not as good as the uh, production budget. Um, but yeah, have a look and share it out so that people become more aware of this initiative. So a part of awareness is to have a person that is a brand ambassador and I believe the brand ambassador mm. is a chef, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you know? makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Everyone has to eat. Have... <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, and chefs can be very influential in, in people's tastes. You know, if you think about like Gordon Ramsay and stuff. Like it's a very memorable like household mm. name. Right? So Chef's Honor is, uh, I think, a fairly popular chef. I'm not in the chef circle, so I don't know exactly. <clears throat> but she does. I think since this time last year, she was appointed as brand ambassador of WWF Sassy, and part of that is creating recipes using the green species. Maybe some orange. I haven't checked. Um, but obviously not the reds <laughs> yeah because that would be terrible um, so that you as a consumer have ideas of how you, 
can make good food with the green label species and thereby make the choice to use a green label species, thereby making your choices more sustainable, which I thought was very cool, interesting. And yeah, uh, yeah big brain I think move it makes on Debbie part, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like more sustainable, greener and more delicious. You know, if you can exactly. keep the yeah. delicious levels up, I think people will, will get behind that. Exactly, exactly. Because, I mean, that's part of the, the demand. You're going to eat what like you think is tasty. So, so having good recipes that make good use of the, those fish is, I think, genius. Yeah. And I think, Nelson, that's probably about all that we have to talk about on WWF Sassy. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we've explained it well and people understand yeah. and people begin to use the guidelines. Uh, I think I've learned that I need to stay on track more with WWF Sassy and consult more often. Um, I, I thought my hack worked. Meanwhile, it wasn't working the whole time. Uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, we, we try to cover it in a fun way as well. We try to, we touched upon some complex issues and it's really up to us all to um, learn and keep learning and keep reminding ourselves um, about the, the things around us and especially the things that we consume, that we, <laughs> that we eat. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So if you want to learn about more stuff like, like this, and other things that we'll be explaining and talking about in the future, you can like and subscribe in the video, like rate us on podcast services. You can visit our Twitter at Agalus Current, our Facebook and TikTok at Agalus Current Affairs. You can follow me specifically at Gikoscopy on Twitter and other places. What about you, Nelson? And uh, if you look for Argonaut Science, Argonaut the Octopus, um then you should find us as well on the social media and internet. Right, well, thanks for joining and cheers. Cheers.